and and I just want you to know that I am interceding on your behalf for snow this week. I need it. My soul needs it. I just want to. I just want to play in the snow, and um, uh, I'm, and I'm and so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Either way, pretty sure Huntsville will shut down. Uh, we'll get a we'll get a dusting out here, and uh, we've got. Uh, speaking of that, we're in the middle of 21 days of prayer for our church. Uh, it has been such a, a such a good, strong uh, launch pad for our church for this uh, for this year. And so, church is engaged in prayer. We've had a lot of you guys have come in this past week, 6:15 in the morning, 6:15 to 7. We've been praying. Uh, it's been very rich, uh, enriching. Anybody been here at 6:15 in the morning? Yes, this week. Yeah, come on. That's how we walk in too at 6:15. We're just with our just hair on fire. Not so much. Um, so uh, I did want to let you guys know tomorrow, Monday morning, and Tuesday morning, because God answers prayer, we are not going to have 21 days of prayer here. We're not going to gather. Uh, just I, honestly, I don't know how, what the roads are going to look like, and it's going to be almost impossible to get the word out, whether we will or will not have it. And so, uh, so set your alarm clocks in the morning um, and uh, pray with us. We'll, we'll pray, but we'll pray on our own, and then we'll gather back together if everything uh, I, I, as best I can tell for now on Wednesday, and if that changes, we'll send out some emails and some texts and stuff. If, if, if you don't get our uh, church emails uh, or a church text, we send out every once in a while, every few weeks. Um, uh, use that QR code on the back of the seat and, and, uh, and put in your information on that connection card. Make sure we have it updated, and we'll put that in there. All right, hey, uh, our text this morning for... Our series, God Calling, is John chapter 1, beginning in verse 43. If you have paper Bibles, you can turn there, John chapter 1, Gospel of John, uh, or the, scripture, the scriptures will be on the screen. There's two scriptures we're looking at, John chapter 1. The other one is 2 Timothy chapter 1, same scripture we had last week, two places. So here we go. You guys ready? All right, let's go. You guys ready? <laughs> All right. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee, and finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Everybody say, follow me. Follow so Philip, like Andrew and Peter, uh, just earlier, he had just, Jesus had just called Andrew and Peter. So Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. And Philip found Nathanael and told him, we found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. And when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. And Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. And then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You'll see even greater things than that. He then added, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And if we'll flip over to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 says, God is the one who saved and called us with a holy calling. It wasn't based on what we've done, but it was based on his own purpose and his own grace that he gave us in Christ Jesus before time began. This is the word of the Lord. So, in a series called God Calling, last week we talked about God calling us to a new 
identity. This week we're talking about God calling us um, again. So when uh, my oldest, my, uh, my daughter's my oldest, and when she was about two or three years old, uh, we used to watch a show called Dora the Explorer. Anybody ever watched Dora the Explorer? Uh, there were a, a lot of um, like popular kids show. kid shows at that time, Dora the Explorer. Um, the, some of the others were Diego. Any Diego fans in here? Um, there was, uh, we started out when she was really little with, uh, with a little DVD set uh, called Baby Einstein. We were told that if we played these videos uh, for our children, then they too would turn into little Einsteins. Uh, which coincidentally was also a show, Little Einstein's. And, um, uh, but that's how they get you, guys. That's how they get you. They tell you to put your, set your kids in front of the screen and like, no, 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 they'll, they'll become Einstein's. Just leave them there. And so that's basically what we did. <laughs> so we had, uh, what, what, what were some of those? We had uh, Blues Clues. Any Blues Clues fans? Uh, Backyardigans. Okay, uh, y'all are with me. Some of y'all are like, I don't know what you're talking about. Man, I had Bugs Bunny. You know, <laughs> we were watching, um, uh, my kids grew up on some of those. I'll never forget, um, one day I'm in, the, I'm in my living room, and in the hallway is our, is our bathroom, and I hear this banging on the door, and my daughter, Sophia, is like two or three years old, and I hear this hit on the door, and then I hear, Ayudame! Ayudame! And I went, what is going on? And, um, and I, so I go to the door, and um, I said, Hey, hey, so what's going on? She said, I you to me. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. And so uh, the door was locked. Somehow it had locked. So I got the little thing and I opened the door and, um, and she was stuck. And I was like, uh, I said, what's going on? And she came out and she, you know, she's two years old with like this, you know, 10,000 word vocabulary at the time. And she's like, I needed help, Dad. And so, and I went back and I looked and I was, and I was like, what? I don't even know what that, Ayudame is Spanish for help me. Thank you, Dora. We don't speak Spanish at the house. I wish we did. I wish I spoke more Spanish. I have very little Spanish that I could share with you right now. Uh, but she learned it uh, from Dora, the Explorer. And we, we, our, our series is, is God Calling. So you guys have called out before, you know, you've called out help, or you've called out somebody's name, or you've called out whatever. God has a calling, but it's, it's, not, a, it's not a yell, it's not a whistle, it's not a, a, a holler down the road, it's not a, a phone call, it's, it's, it's none of these things. His calling is founded in our identity in Christ. What, what that means is that before I am anything else, if I'm a follower of Jesus, if I'm made in his image, then my identity is first off in, founded in Christ. It's the very basis of who I am. The, the fabric of who I and what I am is identified in Christ. This, this identity dictates and it gives substance to everything else about me. I am first and foremost found and a follower in Christ before I'm a, a, a dad or a wife or a husband or a parent, before your family, before your nationality, before your 
occupation, what you do, before your sexuality, before everything, the very fabric of who you are is founded first in your identity in Christ. That's, that's where it begins. All of these things fall under and are surrendered to your identity in Christ first. So if that is what my identity is, then what is my calling? If I'm founded in Christ as a follower of Jesus first, what am I, what am I, what, what is God calling me to? A lot of us asking the same question. Maybe you're, you know, some of you have been following Jesus for a while and you feel this pull that God is still calling you toward something. So you, you've been following Jesus for a while, but there's still, you're still, I mean, you're here. Like you're here. It's Sunday morning, you're here, and you're like, I'm, I'm here for a reason. Maybe, maybe you just recently started following Jesus, and, and, and you have this, this pull. It's magnetic almost to, to more God things. You, you, you're finding yourself, you're listening to, you're listening to worship music more. You, you decided, you cranked out your, you, you pulled out your Bible in January, and you, you're following Jesus, and you're like, I'm going I'm to read my Bible. I'm going to pray this morning. You just There's this pull. You, you're showing up. Some of you showed up for prayer, 6.15 in the morning, on a, like a Tuesday. You're like, what am I doing? <laughs> this, what is this pull? Some of you are not, you're not following Jesus yet, but you're interested, and, 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 you've, and you showed up here, and you're asking questions, and you're wondering, and you didn't actually bring you here. God actually brought you here. You don't know that, but God, God brought you here. There's this pull. What, what is that? What is this God calling? Some of y'all have been walking with Jesus a, a, a long time. Long time. Years. Decades. And you've seen a lot. You've experienced some things, haven't you? Good and bad. You've seen some things. And yet you feel in this season, some of you feel the draw, the calling of God almost, almost as much as ever before. What, what is that? What is that pull, that draw to come closer to your creator? That call is the call to follow. The God calling is founded in identity, but it begins with a call to follow. John chapter 1, verse 43, The next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Follow me. When I was getting my uh, undergrad degree, I was pursuing ministry. I was in a class called uh, Leader as Communicator. Leader as Communicator. And the professor was new, and um, I didn't know her very well. And <clears throat> the class was about how to, uh, how to develop your communication skills as a leader. And so one of the first classes I was in there, um, she asked this question. She said, uh, who in here is a leader? And so, you know, like everybody raised their hand, like, yeah, well, I'm a leader. I'm a leader, definitely a leader. And then she said, okay, good. She said, well, now, who, who in here is this, is a uh, follower? And I was like, well, I raised my hand. And, and I lift my hand because I'm thinking uh, everybody really follows somebody. Everybody follows something or whatever. And I raised my hand. I'm like, yeah, I'm a follower. Because I think, in my head, I think this is kind of like a, a, like a trick question because she's trying to get us. And so I look around. I'm the only person that there's 30 of us. I'm the only person with my hand up. And I'm thinking, guys, y'all don't get it. She's about to tell you all that you're all followers. And, um, and then she goes, okay, 
uh, what is your name? And I said, Joel. She goes, okay, Joel. She said, uh, so Joel here is a follower, and that's good because we can't all be leaders. We need some followers too. <laughs> and I went, oh, my God. She got me. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, don't you guys get it? Here's the, here's the truth. All of us struggle what it means really, really what it means to follow Jesus. The early Christians weren't known early on in the first few centuries. They weren't known as Christians. They didn't have that title. You couldn't check mark a box when you were filling out uh, a form somewhere. You know, what is your religion? And you couldn't mark Christian. Um, they didn't have that. Later on, they, they got this nickname, and it wasn't even a good nickname. It was a derogatory nickname, and they were known as a Little Christ. Little Christ, and that eventually turned into, into Christian. Early on, they were just called followers of the way. Followers of the way. Has anybody ever asked you, like, what religion you were? And, and then you responded, and you're like, I'm a follower of the way. Like, what were they? <laughs> They'd be like, oh, okay, you're a follower of weird. All right, I don't even know what you're. Follower, follower of the way. For centuries, they were known as followers of the way. Our primary calling is founded in our identity in Christ, but it is first to follow. So first thing is this. you got to know what, what it doesn't mean to follow. A, a call to follow Jesus is not primarily a call to know. It's not a call to know. You're not always going to know the answer when you follow Jesus. You're not always going to know the future you're not always going to know what to do. You're not always going to know where to go. If anybody ever tells you, follow Jesus, and then you'll know all the things, they're lying. Call to follow Jesus is not a, a, a call to know. How many times, if you look at the Gospels, were the, were the disciples surprised by what was happening? Like every time. Every time they were surprised. They didn't know. Every day it was like this new adventure, and they're like, we don't know what's going on. We're just following. We're just following. So Jesus says, Follow me. It's not primarily a call to learn things. All the, all the bullet points, all the, all the answers. The call isn't primarily just to know all the things and then to learn all the things so that then you can have all the answers and then you can sit back and be like, yeah, I know that. Well, I've seen that before. I've done that before. I've done that before. I've completed that one over there. Yeah, I know. I've done it. I've learned it. I'm learned. That's, that's not the call to follow. A call to follow isn't to take over anything. Calling isn't to take over anything. That was called the Crusades, not our best years. It's not a call to take over. It's not a call actually to escape or to run away. It's not, you know, I'm a Christian now, so I don't go to hell. Yay! And then, like, just do whatever I want. It's, it's not the escape. It's not a call to wash your hands, you know of all the bad people around you and doom them all to destruction while you float away on the clouds playing your harp and eating grapes and you're just, we're not escaping. Call to follow isn't a call to escape. You have, really have two callings. Your first calling is to follow Jesus, which just means to have an ever-deepening relationship with Jesus on and on. That's your first calling. You know, your second calling is the outflow or the overflow of that, of the first calling into roles and, and vocation. Anytime that second calling becomes the motivation of the first, you're going to run out of gas. 
Anytime you look and you go, well, I need to, you know, I need to develop a relationship with Jesus so that I can be a good dad, all right? If that is your motivation for developing a relationship with Jesus, you're eventually going to run out of gas. If your motivation is, well, I need to develop a, a relationship with Jesus so that, so that I can be a good leader, I can be a good teacher, I can be a whatever, you'll eventually run out of gas. Your primary calling is to just follow Jesus, an ever-deepening relationship with him. I love this story of Nathaniel because he gives us some language for responding to Jesus' call to follow. All right, so we just read it, verse 43. The next day Jesus left for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, what? Follow me. Is it on the screen? He said to him, what? Okay, I just, I just, we're just going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to go back and forth. Here we go. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. It starts off with Philip being called, and then he goes and gets his buddies, Andrew and Simon, and then he goes and finds Nathanael. They're all from the same town. They all grew up together. They all went to the same high school. They all played on the same football team. You know, the Bethsaida boys. That's who we're talking about here. They're, 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 these guys get up, they're all excited about this new leader who's doing miracles, and they go to their other friend who doesn't know yet, and they tell him all the things that they're so excited about to Nathaniel. They're like, you're not going to believe this. This is so amazing. We don't want to leave him out. And they go to him and they say, this is, this is so great. What, 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 what do you think about it? And he responds the same way. What, what do you do when... When your friend is excited, guys in the room, dudes in the room, what do you do when your friend is so excited and shares good news with you? What do you do? You make fun of him. That's what, that's what you do. That's, that's the response. Nathaniel does the same thing, all right? These three guys come to him, and they're like, you're not going to believe it. This is so good. We found the Messiah. And he goes, okay. Okay, what, is there anything good that comes from Nazareth, Really? Are you, let's talk, I don't know, I don't, where, are you, where are you guys coming from? John 1, verse 46, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? And the, and the, and the Bethsaida boys are just like, well, just, just come and see. You ever get tired of talking to your friends and you're like, I'm trying, tired of trying to convince you, that, just, just come with me, just come. We're going out Friday night, just come, just come out with us. Quit with all your excuses, just, would you just come on? You guys ever been there before? Just come on. This is where they're at. They found the Messiah, and Nathaniel's making fun of them, and they're like, just, you're not going to get it. You just got to get here. You just got to get here. So a couple points this morning, if you're taking notes. Call to follow. Your God calling. Founded an identity, but primarily, first calling is to follow. The first one is this. You have a vision of Jesus. You and I have a vision of Jesus. We've got a picture of Jesus in our mind. Nathaniel had a picture of Jesus, and it was too small. It was too ordinary. Jesus was from Nazareth. What good comes from Nazareth? Here's what's so amazing about the, the Jesus in the Scriptures is Jesus doesn't show up on a big mountain for the whole world. He shows up to a specific group, like a, like a tiny group, 
specific group of people in a specific location in a specific town with a specific mission and and it's and and he and he grew up in Nazareth. It's like it's think about like the town around here. I'm not gonna name towns. I could. It's think about the town around here where you're like, okay. And if I came to you and I was like, Jesus is actually from here. All right. I so want to name some towns right now. I'm not going to. I've done it before and I got booed. All right. So he said, he said, so Jesus, and imagine that you, you go, well, Jesus, the, the Messiah, there's this, it's an incredible person who's from here. And you're like, no, no. And there's, and there's like 120 people that have ever existed out of this entire town. Like, how can anything good come from there? It's amazing how so many of us still carry the same pattern. Our vision, our picture of Jesus. We, we, we think things like, you know, I've seen how churches do things. I've, I've seen how these Christians really are. I don't, I'm going to keep my stiff arm over here. I've seen how all this goes down. I've, I've seen the dark side of this religious thing. I, I, I've, I've, I've seen it. These churches, churches with all their buildings and their programs and their hypocrites and all their, what good is there ever that comes from Nazareth? What good ever comes from this religion stuff? Jesus says, just follow me and you'll see. Follow me and you'll see. You know, don't think I've called you to follow what you've seen, all these other religious leaders do and your 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 vision of following a lot of us in here our, our, our vision can be draped in in, a, in in weird religious clothing you know smoke and mirrors and in long-winded prayers and and no power and and so Jesus is coming with a different picture he's coming with a different picture what is your vision of Jesus. We all have a vision of Jesus. And if we're not careful, especially in the South, it is easy to cultivate a picture that is just so ordinary. I've, I've done this before. I've been there before. I've done, I just, I've experienced it. I've done, I've, I've done it all. I finished, I finished it. I've seen it all. I finished Jesus. <laughs> I've completed it. I know what's there. I've seen all the stuff. But the call to follow inherently within it it's a call to recognize that you and I all have a vision of Jesus, a picture of Jesus. More than likely, absolutely, assuredly so, it is too small. It is too small for who Jesus is and what that calling is. Jesus cuts straight to the heart of this conversation with him. He says, he says so he sees Nathaniel come and he says, there is a man in whom nothing is false. So John 1 verse 47, when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. And Nathanael asked, how do you know me? How do you know me? Second one is this, in your call to follow, you are known by Jesus. Nathanael didn't argue, like he didn't he didn't argue with him. He's like, oh, man, that's not me. True is Israelite in whom there's no deceit. Because it was, because it was true. It was true. Nathaniel was probably, I get this picture. He's this no-nonsense, 
kind of guy, didn't put up a bunch of religious shows. He was, his thought was, if it's real, give it to me, and if it's not, get out of my way. That, 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 was, that was Nathaniel. And so Jesus says, Jesus says, here's an Israelite, who, there's no deceit, and his immediate response is, how do you know me? And Jesus doesn't even answer the question. So he just doubles down. Look at this. Verse 48. How do you know me? Nathaniel asked. And Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. And then Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, you're the son of God, the king of Israel. Rabbi, you're the son of God, the king of Israel. Nathaniel moves from, you know, what good comes from this place to, oh, wow, okay, you know, you're the king. You're the king of the world. What good comes from there? Oh, my goodness, you're the king. I mean, talk about a pendulum shift. How does Nathaniel move so quickly on that perspective? Here's why. Because he is known. He's known. Don't ever overestimate the power of being known. We're in a culture that so desperately wants to be known, but refuses to be vulnerable in so many spaces. And so we want to be known, but we don't want to be known. But, and, and, and what's so wild is that there's no substitute for being known. And that here's the truth. Nobody knows you like God knows you. That was our, that was our scripture this morning. You, you know, where, can I go, where can I go from you? But you know me. You know me. We spend a lot of time crafting social profiles and our image in order for people to know us. A lot of us just want people to know what we want them to know. So we add filters and we omit certain details and because, I mean, you know, nobody needs to know that. And all the while wishing with everything in our souls that somebody knew us really knew us, and here's Jesus, who goes straight through, straight to the heart. The call to Jesus means recognizing that God knows you, your, 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 your incredible gifts and your attributes, and, and, and at the same time, your, your secret sins and your darkness, and, and he looks and he says, hey, come follow me. Follow me. Come close. Come closer. There's no one that knows you there's no one that knows us like God. God knows you like nobody else. You know why? Because he made you. The third one is this. You are called to Jesus. Calling to follow includes recognizing you are called to Jesus. John chapter 1, verse 50. Jesus said, he's talking to Nathaniel. He says, look, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You'll see even greater things than that. He then added, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Earlier, Jesus told uh, um, Nathaniel that he was a, a, an Israelite without deceit. And so you, got, you need to know this in the text. He's talking about, this is a reference to Jacob. Jacob, you remember Father Abraham thousands of years before? You remember Father Abraham had many sons? Many sons had Father Abraham. All right. Father Abraham has a son, Isaac. Isaac has a son, Jacob, Jacob and Esau. And, and Jacob's name was um, Jacob, but it was uh, named uh, heel grabber or deceiver. 
He was known as a deceiver, known as a liar. Later on, his name is changed to Israel. What Jesus is saying, he's talking about Jacob the deceiver who, who stole Esau's birthright, and, 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 and he's talking to Nathaniel, and he's saying, you, you're actually a true Israelite. Like Jacob, after he was the deceiver, but then he was given a new name, uh, and, and he wrestled with God, and then he was given a new name that his name would be Israel. He's, he's talking to Nathaniel, and Nathaniel wouldn't know exactly what he's saying. Here comes Nathaniel, a true Israelite in whom there is no deceit. And he's like, oh, wow. He's, he's, that's the language. This is the language that he's talking about. He's referencing Jacob. And so then Jesus comes back to Nathaniel and he says, you're actually going to see a vision. You're going to see a vision of heaven. Now, Jacob had a vision of heaven. Nathaniel was told by Jesus, you're going to see heavens open and the angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Now, now track with me here. Jacob also had a vision of heaven. It was in Genesis 28. This is where it is. He's running away from Esau, his brother. He just stole his blessing and birthright. And he has this vision of a ladder. All right, Genesis 28, verse 12. He had a dream, Jacob, in which he saw a stairway, a ladder, resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And so when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. He was afraid. And he said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God, the gate of heaven. He named that place uh, Bethel, Bethel, the house of God. Jacob renames it House of God, and it becomes this sacred site. People were going to go later on. They would go and they'd worship there because that's where their, um, one of their founding fathers of the faith, uh, uh, that's where he, he saw God, uh, angels of heaven ascending and descending. Later on, they would build, it, would, it became a religious site. And then, and then as time went on, there were, it, it became to be filled with other idols and other gods, and there was a... They built a, a golden calf there. And Nathaniel knows this. Bethel was a, a sacred place. But, but listen to this. There, there's, there's layers in this text, and, 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 and the Lord wants you to, um, as we dig into the Word, He wants us to see each of these layers. Jesus changes the story. So instead of the ladder to heaven being in a town where on this sacred site, there's angels ascending and descending, and all of a sudden this is, this is a sacred place. Now he tells him this. You're going to see, if you follow me, you'll see a ladder from heaven, angels in, uh, angels in heaven ascending and descending, but they're not in a special place. They're on a person. They're on the Son of Man. If you follow me, Nathaniel, it has less to do with where you are, and it has more to do with who you're with, the, the the, the, the best way um, the, the best way I can illustrate this, I think, is just a, um, just a super simple story, uh, just to illustrate the heart of God and his invitation to follow him. Um, it's just a, a simple story from my life that happened a long time ago. And uh, it's, it's simple. It may sound kind of uh, cheesy to you, but it was, it was super powerful to me at the time. It very much... Uh, shaped me, and um, I was uh, about 17 years old, all right? Anybody here 17? Anybody remember when you were 17? Yeah? Anybody don't want to remember when you were 17? Yeah, like, yes, yes, that's me. 
Uh, I was about 17 years old, and uh, I was in high school. I had, a couple, I had a couple really, really good friends, really good friends who loved the Lord, and uh, they were, like, good for me, good to have friends. Like, parents now, you're looking at your kids, and you're like, I, God, give them some good friends. And that, that's who they were for me. And uh, they were a year older than me and graduated, and most of them had left uh, where I was. And I was going to church, and I was involved in my student uh, ministry at the time. And so my closest friends, really my, uh, a couple of my best friends, had left, and it was just me. I was 17 years old, and... Um, I didn't, man, I was lonely. You guys remember being just, there were times, some of y'all were like the cool kid in, in high school, and you're like, no, man, I wasn't lonely. I was so popular. I was whatever. I'm not talking to you, all right? I, you remember being back, and you're, you just, it was just, it was just a lonely, it, it, it was just a couple months in this part of this season, but it felt like years. And I was, um, and so I remember I had uh, some friends at school, and they were, I mean, they, they were, they were good friends. Um, but I, I kept getting a lot of invitations to go out with some of my friends, and they were friendly, but man, they were the last people in the world that I needed to be hanging out with. And, and, and honestly, I was really facing a, a, a kind of fork in the road for me. And I remember saying, I remember praying, I remember saying, God, I just, I don't need anything really. I just, I just need a friend. I just need a friend. And I'm uh, 17 years old, and and I didn't tell anybody that. You don't tell, you're, a, you're a guy at 17. You don't tell anybody that's your prayer. Prayed to God he would give me a friend. Right? That, was, that was what was in me, man. And um, I went to church, all right? I went to church. It was a special service, like a, like a weekend service. I went to church one night, and there was a special speaker there. It wasn't the, the normal pastor that's normally there. It was a special speaker. And um, he's, he's preaching, man. He's preaching his face off, all right? He was good, too. It, I mean, it wasn't, like, it wasn't like fire, like it wasn't like spitting everywhere, but it was good. He was preaching. And we get toward the end of the message, and I'm kind of in and out of even paying attention, and I'm sitting on the seat kind of near the back on the edge. You know, i got to get my quick getaway. And, um, and he, he, it's at the very end, and he had said a prayer, and, and he looks down, he has a microphone in his hand, and he looks down at me. This is, the, this is like church, like I didn't go anywhere, I'm still sitting there. And it would be like if I walked down there and I started walking around, and he looks down at me and he said, son, and I was like, like I'm in trouble. And I wasn't, I, I wasn't even doing anything right now. I was thinking about doing stuff, but I hadn't even started doing anything at that time. And he looked at me and he goes, son, he looks me in the eyes, and he said, Lord wants you to know, if you will follow him with all your heart, he'll be your best friend. <laughs> I know, right? Oh. And um, I just remember, and then he turned around and he walked off and he just kept preaching. I, 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 to me, um, that can sound simple. It can sound easy. It can sound like, you know, Oh, Jesus will be your best friend. I, I, I don't want it to be that. What, what, I want it to, what I want it to sound like is this. God is a lot of things in the scriptures. Um, he's a friend. He's a friend in the scriptures. Uh, he's known as a good father in the scriptures. He's known as a good shepherd in the scriptures. His call to follow isn't to destroy us. It is to it is to call us into himself so that we are fully known 
and that we fully become ourselves in how and who he made us to be. And so his, his, when, he, when, he, when we need the friend, the, the friend of God, he's there. And when we need the father of God, some of us have such a hard time picturing what a good father. Some of y'all didn't know a good father. Picturing God as a good father, you're just like, that is that's, that's hard for me. And yet God gives us this picture of a, of a good father. If you're going to ask for a, a, you know, a gift from your father, a good father, is he going to turn around? This is scripture. Jesus is saying, if you're going to ask for a good gift, is he going to turn around and is he going to give you a, a good father? Is he going to give you a snake? Some of you are like, Lord forbid, don't give me a snake. Is he going to give you a snake? No, he's going to get, God gives good gifts. He's a good father. If you, when you need leadership, when you need a shepherd in your life, when you don't know what to do and you don't know where to go, God calls you to follow him because he is the only good shepherd. He's the only one that can, that can lead. The call to follow isn't because you, call, you, you, you respond to follow Jesus and he'll make your wildest dreams come true. That's, um, uh, I call that Pedro's promise. That's from uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Vote for me and I'll make your wildest dreams come true. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. We, a lot of us take that thought into our, our faith. And we're like, well, I'm going to vote for Jesus. I'm going I'm to follow Jesus. I'm going to checkmark Jesus, and then he'll make my wildest dreams come true. The call to follow Jesus, Bonhoeffer says this, call to follow Jesus is a call to die. In fact, Scripture says this. Jesus says, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone, all by itself. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. God's calling on us, call is not to make our wildest dreams come true, but to call us to himself. The vision of Jesus, the vision of his calling for you and me has to expand. It's not founded in a vocation. God has assignments for us. He's got things for us to do, but it's not our primary, call, primary calling. God calling. The God calling series is this. He's founded in your identity in him, and it's first in recognizing that he has invited you to follow. Well, I got so many questions. How many questions do the disciples have? They, Jesus died and rose again and went back to the Father, and they're standing there, and they're like, wait, I got more questions. We all got questions. Oftentimes, that call to follow, they're, they're, you, you, you're going to hang on to those questions. And sometimes God will answer those questions. And what I found out is this. Uh, most of the time, as my questions are answered, as soon as they are, I realize I really have a bigger question even more than that one. God, I actually need you to answer this one now. And if that one ever gets answered, you come back around, you're like, well, actually, I actually got to have these I want you to answer. The call to follow is a, is a call to trust. Follow unto him. I want to pray for you this morning. If you would, if you close your eyes. Look, there, there's, always, there's, a, there's always a cost to following Jesus. Following Jesus is, is, is costly. It's not cheap. It's costly. But there's no greater calling than you'll ever experience. It's the best decision you'll ever make. So maybe you're in here this morning, and if you're honest, you say, Joel, I, look, Joel, I'm following Jesus, but it's from a distance. I've been keeping my distance for whatever reason. But I want to return. I want to close the gap. If that's you, super simple prayer. I'm not going to belabor the point. Joel, I'm following Jesus, but it's from a distance, and, and I, I 
I need to close the gap, and I, and I know what some of those things are, and I need to, I've been way, way off in the distance. If that's you this morning, there's nobody looking around, that's your prayer, I need to close the gap, and I need God's grace to do it. If that's your prayer, would you just raise your hand real, real high, and you put it back down. Yeah, yeah, so many, so many of us. Yes, yes. Anybody else? Yes. want to close the gap. You don't close the gap on your own. Jesus calls you and then gives you the grace to close the gap. That's what he's doing now. That's what he's doing now. Maybe you're in here and you just say, look, I'm, I'm, not, follow, I'm, I'm not following Jesus. He's calling you to follow and, and you want to respond today. You're like, I'm not following um, at all, but I want to. I want to make that decision today, whatever that entails, whatever that means. I want to follow Jesus. I'm going to surrender my life. I'm going to entrust my life to him, whatever that means. I'm tired of leading my own life. I'm tired of following my own self, my best thinking, my best thoughts. I don't, I'm, t- I'm tired of being there. I'm going to entrust my life to him. I'm going to follow him. If that's you, would you just raise your hand real high and you put it back down? Yes. Thank you, Father, for your grace. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for your message. And God, thank you for your calling. Lord, there's nothing that we've done to earn or deserve grace. And you give it all. And then when we're in need of more grace, you give more grace. And so in this moment, as the Spirit, as you are hovering in this space and working on our hearts, Lord, I pray that you would pour more grace into our hearts today. God, so many that lifted their hand today, I'm I'm following from a distance. I need help to close that gap. God, thank you that you're the good shepherd. You're the good shepherd. Your sheep know your voice. And so, God, as you call on their heart and you speak in their mind today, God, share with them how they can continue to draw closer to you. Lord, following you, there's no better decision No more difficult decision, but there's no better decision either in all our lives. God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. God, give us in here the wisdom to continue to move forward in you and to hear your call and the courage to obey, the courage to do it. We thank you for it. We give all the glory and honor to you. Amen.